This week's edition of the Squared Circle podcast is dedicated to the memory of Len Davies. Len, who was the owner and pioneer of rear quality wrestling in the early 2000s, passed away this past week. In the early days of TSC, Len was instrumental in helping Lee and I transform the podcast, providing commentary at ringside for RQW events in Kent, and just being there for support and guidance. Len is survived by his son, Tom, who will also do amazing things in the world of entertainment. Len was a true gentleman, a scholar and a pioneer, and will be greatly missed. Rest in peace, Len Davies. of a new global audience that's going to learn that it all started here tonight. Coming up this week on The Squared Circle, we're going to be talking all about a regal departure from All Elite Wrestling. More on that coming up. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome everyone to the Squared Circle, the UK's premier pro wrestling podcast. Andy here, joined as always by my broadcast partner, Stefan Bennett. Um, Stefan, good to see you, my friend. It's It's been a, you too. been a little while, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, life gets in the way, um, unfortunately. Um, but what's more important is we're here, we're ready, we're back. Let's do it. Let's do it indeed. Now, you may have heard at the beginning of the show, and I kind of want to address this before we move any for, any for, any further i can't even speak right now it's been that long since i've done a podcast um a legendary promoter here in the uk a mentor to many not only performers but producers and commentators len davies passed away uh last week now i was fortunate to know len for a number of years and as you may have heard there actually worked with Len at RQW events. Myself and Lee, uh, when we first launched TSC, were lucky enough to be invited by Len to attend RQW events and do commentary at ringside uh, for what we called RQW Radio. Um, I, I mean, we just witnessed some some great matches and, and RQW was the home for the guys that you now see weekly on WWE and AEW, PAC, um, Martin Stone, Seamus, Drew McIntyre, just to name a few. But taking Len away from the professional wrestling side, Len was a genuinely lovable chap. He was so friendly, so compassionate, so down to earth. He spoke to anybody and he is going to be truly, truly missed by all. He's had a tough year um, and that's been well documented. 
Uh, he's now no longer suffering. And our thoughts go with Tom, his son, uh, who I met when he was a wee little lad and is now all grown up. Um, who will live on, I'm sure, in uh, in his family's name. Len, uh, rest in peace, my friends. It was a pleasure. It was an honour. And uh, I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, Len, uh, as many people may know if they're familiar with, was uh, very key um, when it came to uh, TNA Impact Wrestling UK European tours as well. So um, it was really, really heartwarming to see so many tributes go out to him from names of all kinds from the world of professional wrestling, not just in Britain either. So obviously Len was very much loved and appreciated uh, all, all around. So uh, yeah, rest in peace, Len. Absolutely right. Okay, let's uh, let's pick it up and let's move on to uh, some more happier things, which is professional wrestling. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us across social media, you can do. It's very simple. Uh, you can either use the WhatsApp, which is o double seven two four three one two seven five two. That's o double seven two four three one two seven five two. And if you do that, you'll get your very own a little bit of the bubbly. bubbly. Uh, or you can visit us on Facebook, which is the normal Facebook.com and search for the Squared Circle Podcast. Instagram is TSC Wrestling Podcast. Twitter is Wrestling TSC. There's a theme here. Or you can email us on the old fashioned way, which is Squared Circle Podcast 2022 at gmail.com. And don't forget that you can subscribe to us on all major podcast providers, whether or not that be Spotify or. Um, iTunes or Pandora or I don't mean the jewelry company or whatever uh, available on both TSC's podcast feed and on the retro chat podcast feed as well. Okay. That was a lot to cover in the first five minutes of the broadcast. It was. It was. It absolutely was. Um, But yeah, so uh, we have a lot to catch up on because obviously with uh, our absence since um, our preview of Extreme Rules, um, so we've got a lot to cover. Uh, So, uh, Steph, we we will get there. Stefan, we we haven't been on off air since July. It was Survivor Series War Games, not Extreme Rules. It was, wasn't it? See. Now we know how long how long this has affected me. It was Survivor Series War Games. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Now, just so people know, what we're not going to do is obviously go back and give our thoughts on Survivor Series War Games. It was too long ago. I will, however, tell you when we get to top picks how bad Stefan did in the predictions compared to me. And we've also got two events to preview tonight as well, which is ROH Final Battle and NXT um, Destination. So we're going to be discussing about those later on but before we do that we have got the news line it's a big one this week so let's get to it without these and without you none of this is possible they might have booed you when you came out here but they respect you everyone in this business respects you because for 40 years you have given blood sweat tears and sacrifice to this business yeah give it up for regal you love this business And that's why I just wanted to say, from the bottom of my heart, Good God! What the? What is wrong with him? Oh my God, Max, what are you, Steve Regal, will you put the, he has had, he's had two neck surgeries in the last seven years, he had four titanium discs in his neck, and a a brain bleed as well. 
Just it's funny. You said I had much to learn, and yet you're the one who made a deal with the devil. So allow me to leave you with the same words you left me seven long years ago. Will, the game has changed. MJF exclusively hires top talents or top world-class athletes. When you're one of them, send me your stuff. Yours sincerely, the world champion, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. This is a complete black eye on AEW. This is bad here. I mean, Regal is not a... uh, yeah, he's he had a lot of health issues. That this, he sure has. See, this is not. This is bad. Yeah, you saw the. Me- so you heard it there in that little brief clip from last Wednesday's Dynamite. William Regal effectively written off all Elite Wrestling TV. But why has he been written off All Elite TV? Because the rumours apparently are true. And we may be hearing... Coming out of this man's lips one more time. Because he's due to go back to the WWE in the new year in a backstage role. Now, not been officially confirmed. AEW are keeping pretty quiet on it. Dave Meltzer is saying he was only on a contract until December. That contract's now expired. Tony Khan has said that that situation will be addressed tonight, as we're taping this on Wednesday on Dynamite, but also in the media call for Ring of Honor, um, a pay-per-view that's happening on Saturday. They will be addressing it as well. So what does this mean? Was it a good move? For All Elite Wrestling to let William Regal go back to uh, WWE. What does it mean for the BCC? What does it mean for MJF? Well, let's first of all applaud yet another uh, golden promo between Regal and MJF. Again, that was again that was gold again. So uh, props to both guys. Um, Regal going back to WWE whenever his contract is or it is up. Uh, I think was inevitable once Triple H took over. Um, there, there's a uh, a very solid relationship between Regal and Triple H behind the scenes. Uh, that uh, I think, obviously, that uh, from what we know, they have they're, they're very good friends. Um, we know that Triple H respects the hell out of Regal. Um, I think we saw that with Survivor Series. Um, uh, recently when Triple H put out the War Games uh, Regal montage um, and basically paying respect to Regal, saying it wouldn't, it isn't the same without it. Uh, I think it was always inevitable. Um, obviously, if Vince had gone earlier, I don't think Regal would have uh, been released. Uh, I think that's a given. Um I think William Regal knows that WWE is his home, but at the end of the day, what's, it, what's a man to do if you've been released from, you know, the company which you love working for? And even he openly admitted himself he was absolutely he was disappointed because he felt, you know, he still had a lot to offer WWE in his role. But to be told he can't go and do his job anymore, um, it, it, it did upset him. 
we know this. So I think it was inevitable. Um, when it happens, I don't know. Uh, Dynamite will be interesting tonight. If Tony Khan says this is going to be addressed, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what comes of that. Um, but yeah, I'm. I, I think. I think it was. It was William Regal going to AEW was a no-brainer when when he's out of a job. Um, I think he's added a little something to it. I think he's done a good job on TV. Um, obviously, I'm not present backstage, so I don't know. But from what we've heard from. Some of the guys on there, they've said that him and Brian Danielson together um, have, you know, had an audience with talent backstage. They listen, whereas some may may not. Um, but no, it, it would be great for him to go back to WWE. I'm pretty certain it, it, it's true. Um, but as I said, it's a no-brainer. Um, he, he never wanted to leave in the first place. You, you got to think though, for for Tony Khan, that's it, it's another embarrassment for all elite wrestling because if you think about you know cody left the company that he co-founded with the elite uh went to wwe regal leaves he comes to all elite wrestling gets a better offer from wwe goes back to wwe regardless of whether or not you know you're friends with triple h or you're not you know that is once you're in that company surely if you were tony khan and we don't know that that he hasn't done this um you would try and do hell on earth, move heaven and earth to keep Regal in that organization because what he can bring to that company in respect of that years of knowledge, that mind that he's got, he's a creative genius, we know this, um, is is never to be replaced. In fact, um, Jim Ross even said on Grilling JR podcast, I don't know what the future holds for him being regal, but I mean, he's one of those guys that you can't replace easily or at all. I don't know if you can replace him. Quite frankly, he's been an amazing boost for us. He's a great friend, a loyal guy. He's honest, hardworking, and the patience to work with some of these young cats is amazing. It's tough. You've also got to look yeah. at the booking of this whole situation. I, I genuinely think that this full gear turn that they did has been badly booked from the minute it took place. You had the angle a month ago with that promo, that gold electric promo between MJF and, and Regal, which was referenced uh, earlier on last Wednesday on Dynamite. You then had Moxley potentially running him out of the company. And then, you know, now you've also got gone in three weeks. It doesn't hurt MJF, but I think it hurts It hurts William Regal. So I don't think it does hurt William Regal for the simple fact that, like I said, if, if Regal is going back to WWE, Regal gets what I think he, he, he wants. I've, I've always believed, as, as I just said before um, you spoke, I, I don't, Regal never wanted to leave WWE in the first place. I just think at the end of the day, he was offered an opportunity in AEW because he was released from WWE. He took it. He's done what he's done. And the opportunity for him to go to WWE is there. And obviously, you know, there's been discussions and uh, they've obviously been positive if he is going back. Um, I, I just think that and the alternative of maybe seeing Regal back as, you know, in that villain role, but more as like a kind of like a manager or a confidant to MJF who's just won the title, that also I think could have been gold. Uh, I think that would have been a brilliant partnership um, right mm. there. But obviously that's not the case. But as you said, you know, is it 
further embarrassment on Tony Khan's part, potentially, but maybe also if Tony Khan has his fanboy head on his shoulders again, there's also a lot of amount of respect that comes with a guy like William Regal. And maybe if William Regal has said to Tony Khan, look, I, I, I really appreciate what the opportunity you've given me, but if my deal is up in December, like this month, like it's been touted to be, I've got the opportunity to go back to WWE and work with Triple H and things like that. That's where I, I want to be. I, you know, I, that's what I want. Maybe Tony Khan has gone, look, I'd hate to lose you, but I, I get it. Um, thank you for what you've done. Your contract's up. If you don't want to re-sign, then, you know, I wish mm. you all the very, very best and we'll find a way of writing you off a of TV. Yeah, there's finding a way to write you off TV and there's finding a way to write you off TV. That was, it, it leads to a retribution angle. So whether or not you're going with MJF with Daniel Bryan, uh, sorry, Bryan Danielson, or, you know, maybe Wheeler Yuta once he comes off the, the, the pay-per-view this weekend, I don't know. Um, I just think that, uh, and oh, this really annoys me when I hear this comment of Tony Khan with his fanboy head, right? And and I'll tell you the reason why it annoys me. I'm going to go on the soapbox here. Is he is the owner of a multi-million dollar organization. Yeah? That wants to be taken seriously. They want to be the main promotion out there they want to take over wwe they want to be the forerunner yet he doesn't think with his business head he thinks with his fanboy head right business or fan if you have the opportunity to have tony Car- to have tony khan in your company to have william regal in your company and you have got an open checkbook thanks to mr khan yeah money talks everybody's got a price as the million dollar man would say you do what you can to secure that man to stay in that organization you give him what you want 100 percent correct so what is going to happen now is if and we say if he's gone with his fanboy head and he said right if you don't want to resign that's fine or i'll buy you out your contract and you can go back to wwe he is now taking one of the possibly the most creative genius minds in that company and sent them straight the way back to new york who was going to benefit from yeah it? yeah I, I i get that but i think maybe it was for for tony khan maybe it was um unprecedented maybe he didn't foresee regal going back to wwe anytime soon or or wanting to um maybe that's what's happened maybe as i said maybe talks have gone on behind the scenes maybe triple h has reached out to him personally and said look you know uh i'd love to have you back and regal's gone well i do really want to be back um but this is the thing i think one of the key elements is when is regal's contract actually up so it's been rumored that it's up this month so if that is the case, there's not really much that Tony Khan can do, but put an offer on the table, as you said, an open checkbook and say to William Regal, look, you're, you're, you are a, a, a priceless asset for us here, yeah. uh, for any promotion in the world. What would it take for you to commit to us more long term? And how much would it be? And just, you know, with a click of the pen and go, there you go, there's a check, write your figure down, Okay. Maybe maybe that's something that has actually been discussed. And William Eagle said, 
you know, my home is with WWE. I'm sorry, but I want to go back. With, Who knows? With... That's that's the key thing. We don't know what is um, what has transpired behind the scenes. We're never going to know, and I think we're going to have to wait until January to find out if he's back. I think we'll find out eventually, considering how open people like William Regal are when they do a certain interview down the line. I think down down the line we will find out what made what what decision was made, what actually transpired. I don't think there'll be any bad blood or ill will between AEW and, and Regal whatsoever. I think it'll be parted on good terms. Mm. Um, you know, and the thing is, is as as we rightly said, he's he's an asset to AEW anywhere he goes. But I do, I do think William Regal belongs in WWE. That is his home. It has been for so long. You you associate Regal with WWE. But it would be also interesting to see what backstage capacity he goes back in. Because I don't think we will see him back in NXT now that Shawn Michaels is running it. I'm I'm hoping that Regal is going to be a major backstage player for the main uh, roster, but will still be maybe like an advisory for the younger talent that are on NXT. Well, that's so, going to be that, that, that's going to be the interesting thing because the landscape of WWE has totally changed since the McMahon era came to an end. The Triple H era began. Absolutely. It is a different organization. Um, so we're going to have to wait and see. But this Wednesday night on Dynamite, we know we're going to hear more about the uh, William Regal situation. Also on the media call. Once we know more, we will let you know. One thing that we'll also let you know about is the health of former NWA World Heavyweight Champion and WWE Hall of Famer, the legend Barry Windham, who suffered a massive heart attack on Friday night and is currently in ICU after undergoing an emergency procedure. The 62-year-old was travelling through Atlanta when he went down. His niece, Mika Rotunna, has since started a GoFundMe to help with Wyndham's medical expenses as he didn't have any health insurance. Um, she goes on in the statement to state that he's given his career, he's giving his, his life, he's giving his world to professional wrestling. We wouldn't ask for help, but we need some support. So our thoughts go out to the family of Barry Wyndham, um, who hopefully will make a full recovery because Wyndham, without a doubt, forgetting the stalker gimmick, was truly one of the all-time greats within professional wrestling member of the horseman um such a, a like there, there are no words to, that you can put in place to describe uh, a legend like barry windham um as we know you know the family ties he's you know being the uncle uncle of bray white bo dallas uh, mika rotunda who just mentions actually their sister um you know as much criticism as wrestling fans can get uh, because sometimes, as as it's touted, wrestling fans are the best fans in the world, but they can also be the worst fans in oh, the world. Yeah. Um, one thing I do know is that when it comes to um, someone that's beloved, uh, that needs help, uh, when it comes to fundraising, the wrestling fans are always there, and they usually see you see you right. So hopefully, um, I've, I've very little doubt that the fundraising will be uh, successful. I think it will be. And let's just hope that... Uh, Barry gets a full recovery, um, you know, because um, I don't think heaven's ready uh, for, for a guy like Barry Windham just not, yet. Not another one. But we will put a link to the GoFundMe in the comments here on the narrative of the podcast. So if you do wish to donate, uh, then you'll be able to by doing it through that. Uh, and thoughts go with Barry Windham, as we said, and to his family. Um, now, someone who has been in the news quite a lot recently... Um, 
because of various means is Colt Cabana. And on the latest edition of his Art of Wrestling podcast, Cabana spoke about why he won't be addressing any of the controversy that's been going on since All Out. And he said that why he's been silent during the backlash is that it's because I'm working on myself, basically. I'm I'm not going to say it's amazing or it's cured. It'll probably take years or decades. Maybe I'll never be fully healed or understand what my head and heart are feelings are going through. But like the great, intriguing use of words here, but like the great Cody Rhodes once said, do the work. I'm doing the work. I'm not here to bash anyone or take shots at anyone. Uh, and I've learned that there's no right or wrong. I can't control what I can't control. I'm trying to understand why I do things the way that I do and how I control my feelings and only my feelings and try to become a better person but what was interesting we'll come back to that in a second is that he then did another interview for another podcast called work of wrestling where they asked him about bad apples in a wrestling locker room and how you deal with them now you know you're not going to reference the um the pepsi symbol on someone's on someone's arm but (laughs) The question they asked were how bad apples are dealt with in the wrestling locker room. And he said, as you say that, I'm not even thinking about present day. I'm thinking about when the Ring of Honor locker room was so tight or even developmental days when they were tight. It's like a group of people who form the unit or kind of band together and almost get stronger when they're against one specific thing. It makes the locker room even stronger to then ship up or ship out. When a bad apple or someone rotten comes into your locker room, the locker room gets together, gets strong. They kind of give ultimatums, maybe not actual ultimations, but that person or those people will be altered. They will be alienated. And eventually information of why that alienation is there will come. If they have a chance to do something about it, it's up to them. Usually it tends to work itself out. Yeah, and then yeah, he went on to say about how when they asked question, how can how people can and have repaired their images in the locker room, which I can imagine can't be easy um, with different types of people. Um, he said, yeah, I can't think of an example specifically, but 100% over the years, then these people become friends, and then years later, you joke about what idiots they were, and you tell them they admit it, and that's the long-term relationship of a wrestling locker room. And I think that resonates. We 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 hear stories. When you, you hear about the sort of person that Shawn Michaels was back in the day, the arrogance, and you yeah. know, you talk about how close he is with the likes of Triple H. Well, there, there were times where even Triple H admitted, I didn't talk to Shawn, I didn't want to know Shawn. Uh, he was, you know, in such a bad place, he was an basically, yeah. he was an yeah. asshole. And then, you know, Shawn Michaels went down a different path, found God, become very religious, and that, and, and changed the way he was. And, and I think to an extent, a lot of burnt bridges that Shawn Michaels had have been repaired um you know and you know it's never too late you know everyone makes mistakes not everyone's perfect there's always um, a way to build bridges sorry you said not everyone's perfect i'm i i don't, uh, I don't know what you mean by that well from someone who loves nikita lyons uh so much that that's an imperfection straight away but Ooh. and uh <laughs> Ouch! You know but I've had anyway, a hard week. That's on. that's just that's just not nice. I know, but 
Um, yes, but moving on, uh, you have some updates regarding the WWE Performance Center. Yeah, now I've got some very interesting updates and one particularly exciting update. Now, according to PW Insider, uh, Casey Navarro and Kylie Ray took part in the tryouts, uh, who, who both have, as we know, a ton of experience. Navarro finished up a run with MLW and has competed multiple times on AEW Dark. Now, Kylie Ray is the biggest story. She was one of the first signings of the women's division in AEW back in 2019, but departed after what felt like maybe a sip of coffee. Um, that was after the inaugural Double or Nothing pay-per-view. She's had stints with both Impact and with the NWA, and it's very interesting to see how these tryouts went for both Navarro and for Kylie Ray. Can I see Kylie Ray in the WWE Yes. Can I see her being successful in the WWE? No. Great worker, but there's something about this girl that she's jumped around a lot. Yeah. Um, maybe this is the thing, though. Everyone, I think everyone needs a home. I think there's, uh, for some people, uh, some talent. Um, you know, they can pretty much, you know, they, they can go around the block to different promotions and whatnot and never truly settle. Um, but sometimes it, they, they just need that one place where they can, you know, where they can perform their craft and actually go, do you know what? I feel happy here. I, this this is where I, I feel is my place. This is where I think I was destined to be. Who knows? I mean, you look at NXT, if she should most likely, I would have thought, started out, if she's going to uh, become be on TV, I, I would assume she'll probably start out on NXT. NXT... One of the best, the, the only positives about NXT at the moment is the women's division. Nikita um, Lyons. And I do actually, not so much Nikita Lyons, but um, <laughs> but if you look at people such as Kaylee Ray or slash Alba Fire, you know, Isla Dawn's on there. You've still got Toxic Attraction on there at the moment. Uh, you know, uh, you've got Zoe Stark. You've got Roxana. You, you know, you've got Cora J. The, the names are horrendous. It's a really, really solid um, division at the moment, yeah. um, so I I would be interested to see how she does there, and I wouldn't completely rule her out of uh, being a success there if that were the case. I'm just going to say you were struggling with names, so I just thought I'd help you, Nikita Lyons. <laughs> Here we go. Oh <laughs> lord! But speaking of um, potential uh, people sitting at the PC uh, on NXT, and we will get to NXT shortly. Um, former Ring of Honor stars Dutch and Vincent, who have both been heavily linked with joining WWE in recent months, were both spotted in the NXT crowd last night. Now, they weren't actually shown on TV as in any focus was put on them, but fans took videos and photos and they've been doing the rounds on social media. Um, and uh, apparently the duo, according to PW Insiders Mike Johnson, um, they were part of WWE's ongoing week-long series of triots at the Performance Centre. The same outlet had previously reported, as you said, about a former AEW star Kylie Ray and indie standout Casey Navarro's involvement in triads as well. Um, obviously, Vincent and Dutch are best known as uh, the Righteous in Ring of Honor. They are heavily touted. The rumours are that they are heavily touted to be part of the new Bray Wyatt um, stable. Oh, God. Really? Is everybody... That's all I, that's all hang on a minute. Is everybody being eyed up to be part of this Bray Wyatt Sinister I, I, Six stable? It seems like everyone we hear now... Wise, I think looks-wise, I think they would fit. Looks-wise, yeah. I, I think they would fit. Um, so I wouldn't rule it out, but it'd be interesting to see if... 
you know, uh, what what WWE do with them if they do decide to sign them on a permanent basis. Well, one person we know who would get a great run with the WWE and would make the NWA cry at the moment is Colby Carino, because as per Cassidy Haynes from Bodyslam.net, Colby's NWA current contract with the company expires at the end of December, making him a free agent with who else? Nick Aldis on January the 1st, 2023. Carino apparently will not be re-signing with the company because he is going to sign with WWE and report to NXT. Carino is the son of former ECW NWA World Heavyweight Champion Steve Carino, who currently works for the company as a trainer and a producer for NXT. Now, this is the type of signing I like. Colby Carino, if you ever watch uh, NWA USA on YouTube, you will see a lot of Colby. He had some great matches with Austin Aries at the beginning of 2022. Um, He is a young buck that is going to really soar to the sky. And I think NXT for him, great move. Absolutely great move. Yeah. And again, I I mean, I don't want to keep, you know, sticking, uh, you know, brown nose in Triple H or whatever, but you, you see the way that some of these approaches are happening and some of the names that they're going for now, uh, you know, uh, post um, Vince McMahon era, uh, and that some of the names that are coming up, uh, you know, you you do get a little bit more excitement because the way things are going now, it's like, oh, they come in, they might actually get a chance. Whereas if you look at the mm. likes of Austin Aries, he came into NXT, wasted, and then he went. Uh, you know, it yeah. was they, they've had big names in before um, and and huge promising names, but Vince, for whatever reason, was kind of like. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't see him uh, then really doing anything for us, and then just let, letting it go. The landscape has changed now, so having someone like Colby Carino come in um, is very exciting because the sky's a limit for that guy. And as you said, you know he's he's a solid worker. He's had some great matches, and again, just like uh, some of the names we previously mentioned, I'm really excited to see where where they could go with this. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's going to be intriguing to see um, the changes. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with some of these new stars that are coming in. Um, and we're just going to have to really wait and see because I have absolutely no idea what they are going to do. But one thing I do know as we talk about the NWA is um, they have to stay in the news right because for the last three weeks all we've talked about is the nwa it's weird um they're gonna do a live power on january the 31st from knoxville in uh, knoxville tennessee the episode will air live on both youtube and on fight tickets will go on sale this coming friday at 12 p.m eastern via nwatix.com no word yet on the matches but the nwa have promised that a huge match will be announced soon so is this billy corgan desperately trying to get eyes back on the nwa again potentially um i i, I really and this is in no way me um dumping on tyrus or anything like but i really struggled to get excited about anything a company's doing when their heavyweight title is on someone like tyrus <laughs> when you know it could so easily where there's so so much more you know, better talent uh, that they could put it on. But this is the thing. We had this discussion before. You know, unfortunately, NWA 
Powell was doing so well. And it's just got to this point now where it's kind of like, as we discussed, Billy Corgan, I think, is going to have to start changing his mindset, I think, if he wants NWA to mm. continue to be successful or maybe even build. Um, you know, it's strange to associate NWA with... It is so, so with so much negativity around it at the moment, you know, um, it, it's, it's a global brand that's been around for so many years. That's responsible for certain, some of the uh, not only some of the greatest matches there's ever been, but some of the greatest names that there's ever been. Well, we, um, talk, we, we talked about one of them earlier on. <laughs> exactly, Barry. Exactly. This is this is what what I mean. And I think now <clears throat> maybe this is a. An attempt from Billy Corgan to say, okay, you know, I, I desperately want to get, you know, more eyes on this product, etc. But I, I can't see many matches that could be made that's going to be really, really stand out to the point that's going to make you go, yes, I have to buy to see this. Mm. I, I don't see it, um, but that's my opinion. So I, I just, I just can't see it. There's not much about NWA right now that. I find overly appealing. I think I think the NWA is on dying days, if I'm being honest, and it's a shame because you don't want to see any company go under. But it, it, we we again, you, you referenced the conversation, listen to it from two weeks ago on the show. Um, for me, they need to be a developmental territory for one of the big two. That that's what they need to be. Absolutely. Well, I was literally just about to say, knowing our luck, Tony Khan would probably end up buying NWA as well. I, I think, um, but I, I don't I think, think that would be a great idea. Um, no, but I, think, I do agree. I think you've got more chance of Anthem buying the NWA than you do Tony Khan because apparently him and Corgan are not on good terms. But one thing that is interesting is the WWE at global domination. So years ago, remember the, uh, the, the old bumper at the beginning of the shows in over 75 different countries and 50 different languages, blah, 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 blah. Well, WWE are looking... <laughs> the WWE are looking to hold a grand scale in inverted commas event in India at some point in January of next year. According to Sportskedia, the event will take place in the city of Hyderabad and will feature a mixture of main roster WWE stars and Indian talent. The report states that the only person slotted in at this time is former two-time WWE champion, currently injured, uh, Drew McIntyre, who recently appeared in India for a Bollywood project this year. Now, what's interesting about this is if you think about the success that Jarrett had with Rinka King, and even though that only ran for two seasons, it was overproduced by the company. Check out My World for an episode on, on that. This is interesting. No talk about India for a long time. Now, India does this play into the World Cup idea that Triple H is looking to do? Uh, yes, um, I think it does. But not only that, but also the fact that, um, as it was announced, um, they're looking at getting PCs and maybe in NXT in in, in every, well, majority of every ma major country there is. Um, I think definitely there, I think it's a good... Um, opportunity again to bring WWE there where they don't go there very often to bring the, the, the product to them, to get them people reinvested and excited because at the end of the day you're not just going to one day go oh, um, in news today WWE have launched a performance centre in whatever city in, in India or uh, have launched their own NXT brand blah 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 and people are like okay but we haven't seen it. WWE do anything over here for ages so why should we get excited? You know, you pro go over, you put on a massive show. Um, obviously, you're going to want to showcase 
local talent um, anyway, because they're probably going to become the the ones that are going to get those uh, that NXT or that um, or the names you're going to see at the performance center over there. So you need to start getting names and that out there. Um, so I think it's I think it's a good move. But if they're talking about it being in January, they better get their so- they better get their socks on. Well, I was about to say they're not leaving themselves much time, are they? But I think they're expecting no, they're a mass they're, they're expecting a massive sellout because we we knew that with Rinka King back in the day they were queuing three times around the building to get genuine fans to get tickets. Anyway, we're going to finish up the news with with a little bit of an interesting story. Did you know? that Vince McMahon has got a bit of a temper. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that Vince McMahon doesn't like certain people? Oh, I'm pretty sure I know that. (laughs) Okay. Well, one of these guys at WrestleMania 13 saw Ahmed Johnson team with the Legion of Doom to take on the Nation of Domination in a Chicago street fight. JC Ice formed part of the tag team PG-13 and he appeared at ringside with both Clarence Mason and the master of the lowdown, D'Lo Brown. Now, Dutch Mantel, uh, former WWE manager and just wrestling legend, broke down on his YouTube channel how JC Ice really just annoyed McMahon and got a low payoff. He basically says that he showed up 30 minutes before the show started, still owed the guy a $700 cab bill. He told the cab bill, uh, wait, I'll go get your money. And then the taxi driver never saw Jamie again. Uh, He thinks he did get paid somehow because he raised hell. Vince McMahon got mad at him for being an idiot. So he paid him $100. Even managers back in those days would get at least five, six or $7,000 just to walk to the ring and do nothing else. He gave him a hundred dollars. And what's Jamie going to do? Bitch and complain? Well, he's looking for a, a way to get rid of him anyway. Classic story by by um, Dutch Mantel there about Vince McMahon. Owed here? Don't piss off the boss. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll remember that match as well. The, the old uh, Chicago street fight um, between uh, Legion of Doom and Ahmed Johnson and the, and the nation. I still remember that because I remember watching... Uh, it is uh, with my school friends because this is back when we'd, we'd go to school and then we'd watch it after um, after school on the Monday. And I remember going, oh, look, they pulled out the weapons. I was like, oh, they're, better. they're, uh, they're bringing everything but the kitchen sink. And then all of a sudden, like literally almost on cue, one the of them pulls out actual kitchen sink. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I obviously, I remember um, JC Ice, but he's not a very memorable... <laughs> Um, to why. be fair, there's actually, I, it, for some reason, it doesn't surprise me that he annoyed Vince. I'm pretty certain Vince McMahon isn't the only person he probably annoyed. I think um, Vince gets annoyed by anybody. But, yeah, but, but that's a that's a massive statement for Vince to go. Here's hundred dollars. That's all you're getting. Now, yeah, you're fine. Well, speaking about that, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, it's debate topic. Does professional wrestling actually need a monthly pay-per-views? Adult topic. We'll be back after this. Hey everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Square Circle. <laughs> Somebody. 
wrestling was so good when it was the classic music. It really was good when it was classic. Nostalgia. WrestleMania oh. and the, you wait till we're going out with. You know that's even you know, that's even more nostalgic. Uh, I, I, I don't doubt it, Andy. When you're in control of of, of the set off, oh I know god, it's be a cracker. don't get it right. So the question that we've got Andy. in the great. Okay, the question that we got. This... I was just going to say, I had, a, I had, a, I had, I have an iPod playlist um, of someone put together for me. Is every single um, WrestleMania theme song music that song that's ever featured from WrestleMania one all the way up to I think WrestleMania thirty five or something Crikey. like that, and. Hello. But anyway, it, that's, that's really right. Like, well, it kind of fits in. It kind of fits in. So the topic this week on the Great Debate is: Does professional wrestling need monthly pay per views? Now, remember back in the day, we had the classic four. We had the Rumble. We had WrestleMania. We had SummerSlam. And we had Survivor Series. WCWise, you know, you had the Great American Bash. You had Super Brawl, Starcade, and I can't remember the last one. Halloween Havoc. Mixed yeah. in with Clash of Champions, right? The Monday Night Wars come along. You then have Bischoff trying to overproduce WWE. So he brings in extra pay-per-views. WWE do the same thing. They bring in the In Your Houses. It becomes monthly and it, it's kind of stuck for over 30 years. So do we need monthly pay-per-views in professional wrestling today? Or do we have enough TV that actually... They're not required anymore. No, we don't. We 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 don't we don't need monthly pay per views. Um, as you said, you know the way it used to be with the big four. I mean, I suppose you could say the big five winking in the ring was a massive deal. Um, so um, yeah, definitely not. I mean, I suppose it worked better when um, I think in the mid two thousands when Raw and SmackDown were separate brands. And they would have their own pay-per-view. So it was kind of like each brand had a pay-per-view every two months because they would alternate. Uh, You'd have Rumble, which would be joint. Then you'd have Mm. um, SmackDown would do No Way Out. Uh, Raw would do Backlash. Um, Sorry, you'd have one. Either way, it would be something like that. Then you'd have Mania. Then it would be like Backlash on one. Then you'd have Judgment Day. Then, you know, they would alternate between the two. And I, I actually wouldn't be... I wouldn't begrudge a pay-per-view every two months. Um, I think two months is a decent amount of time when it comes to storylines and, um, you know, building up enough Mm. because that's one of the problems we have with a lot of pay-per-views today is, you know, sometimes matches don't get announced until like literally the final show before the pay-per-view or um, something just gets thrown in there as almost like it's a filler match, Mm. Um, you know, and I, and I, th- I think we've, I know at the moment Raw and SmackDown are still supposed to be separate brands, but when you've got people like Damage Control, the Bloodline, etc., and all that lot appearing on it on on both shows and whatnot, it doesn't always feel like it's a brand split anymore. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I I think once a month is still a little bit too much. Yeah, and yeah. plus, there hasn't been a brand split you know, for about three years. Well, I know, but they're still tr- supposed to treat them like they're brand split. They still talk like it's oh, a brand Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there hasn't been a brand uh, split yeah. for three years. But I think no. for me, what, what kind of gets me is the fact that 
all of a sudden you'll get a company like the WWE go, oh, guess what? We're going to do a premium live event. We're going to do a special on the network. Brilliant. And what's the point? What, as a fan, as a, as a wrestling fan, what's the hook for me to go and watch that pay-per-view, right? The AEW model, whether or not you like AEW, whether or not you don't, whether or not you've got disagreements with the way they've booked and, and developed over the last three years, you know that when you get to a pay-per-view, there's going to be some blow-off. It's going to mean something. Full gear means something. Double or nothing means something. All out means, uh, all in means something, right? That's only three. But they have they have status. They do the specials. They do Beach Blast. They do, um, I don't know, Winter is Coming or whatever it is. But that special's on TV to give the TV some identity. The pay-per-views, when they get there, they mean something. Then you don't mind watching yeah. for four hours, for five hours, right? Because you're seeing the end of the feuds that you've been invested in on tv plus it gives them longer to build the story and tell the story without trying to rush it to a crescendo at which point what happens then you come to backlash and you do a rematch you then go to judgment day and you do a rematch with a stipulation no give it the time to build give it the time to develop and grow and then do your pay-per-view Maybe I'm just old school. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I mean, maybe you have got the old school head on, but there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, that's, that's, we, we, we've been very fortunate to live through those times where, you know, you would have <clears throat> sort of after WrestleMania, you would have uh, a feud to start building. And then that feud would go on until the following year's WrestleMania. That's when the, it would culminate. It would be the titles on the line. It's between these two guys. It's been a year in the making. Hmm. I mean, one of the last times we, we had that, I think, was with The Rock and John Cena uh, the first time, wasn't it, with uh, WrestleMania uh, 28? Once in that, a lifetime. For nearly a year. But it did. But it hmm. nearly, it, you know, Rock only appeared on TV now and again. Most of them were filmed. Hmm. Um, they kept them apart. And then, you know, they eventually, we had it almost a year's build up until they finally had their match at WrestleMania 28. And then twice in a lifetime happened. I mean, you know, that that's all well and good. But you look at something like Roman Reigns, longest reigning Universal Award and WWE champion in history, right? Yeah, does he deserve it? Absolutely. Is he the figurehead of the company? Absolutely. But you throw him onto a pay-per-view against Logan, Logan Paul at Crown Jewel, he's not going to lose the belt. You you throw a pay-per-view, let's say you did, I don't know, Clash at the Castle, right? He's not going to lose the belt. They do this show in India against Roman Reigns versus somebody in India for the title. He's not going to lose the belt. But, but the proof is there because this is the thing. Like you said, Logan Paul at Crown Jewel wasn't going to lose the belt. No, but it was because it still was a headline match for... Saudi Arabia audience and mm. it's kind of like well we're mm. putting on the network so um, you know people yeah. are going to watch it regardless Clash of the Castle it was done in, in, in Wales you know it's uh, again these, these are still selling points you, you're going to want your champion on the card um, so obviously people know he's not going to lose the title 
but when you but one of the things I've enjoyed about uh, the Roman Reigns uh, reign, so to speak, the reign um, of reigns, pun, pun, pun unintentionally mm. uh, intended, but <laughs> um, I've liked the fact that he has made the people he's wrestled in those matches look good. I mean, how good did Logan Paul look? Yeah, that that's that, that's not you know, up for question. That's not up for question at all. Exactly. But we know that we we know he wasn't going to drop the uh, the title in these matches. We we know that anyway. And but it's a way of still showcasing your champion. But as we've seen from standard WWE pay per views over the past year or so, Reigns isn't always on every pay per view. No. Um. So you you know so I, I I applaud the fact that WWE are have gone with a very long reign. Um, tight title reign like this because it's been years since we've had something yeah. quite like this uh, to this um, to this stature. Um, but for me personally, one of the things that I, I one of the directions that I love the fact that WWE going under Triple H is they're scrapping these pay per views like Hell in a Cell, TLC, and all that. Not they're 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 scrapping all these specific um, match type events. Um, because it brings up the element of surprise mm. down the line of Helen the Cell match mm. being announced or an elimination chamber match being announced. Um, so that's a great positive, but I don't think it is necessary to have a monthly pay-per-view. However, on the flip side of it, I miss... What I miss is the way when we used to have it in your house in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I mean, in I your house was... Love- was- in your house yeah. and the way they would build for those and that you know but it, it is a thing this is the thing again about you can never please anyone if they were to scrap monthly reviews there'll be people out there that would be really really peed off about it but if if they didn't they'd, they'd give them, they're always going to have people watching and buying tickets <clears throat> that's that's what it all comes down to is they're making their money regardless but is it necessary absolutely not I think that you kind of raised an interesting point earlier on, which was the network. You know, the minute the network came along and was price pointed at nine ninety nine, or whatever it is now, you know, I know it's it's not nine ninety nine now. Um, and no, all oh, is it? And all pay per views. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and all pay per views went on the network, including WrestleMania. They were no longer. A pay-per-view. No. Right? And the value of the pay-per-view has gone down. The value of the pay-per-view for AEW has gone down. For Impact has gone down. For New Japan, the price hasn't. It's gone up. But what what I'm saying at the minute WWE launched that WWE network, they effectively killed the pay-per-view market. And at that point, they all should have been rebranded as TV specials because that's what they are. But I think on the, the the other way to view that is because over the past 10, 15 years, because the WWE product has been so questionable about how its quality and um, how poor they've been. I mean, you know, we, we, we've said about how bad WWE programming have got. The, the you know, you've got Raw and SmackDown viewing figures rapidly dropping to yep. the lowest yep. in their histories. Yep. Pay-per-view buyers were going right down. Yeah. So actually, I think the network was actually a genius move because they're taking money from fans every month <clears> by saying, "Hey, 
we're going to put our pay-per-views on the network of all included in your price per month plus we're going to give you the entire back catalogue of every pay-per-view we've ever done for you to watch and stream at your will and we're going to give you all these other little special shows and all these other content we're going to give you but at the time they were still available on box office um for if you're in the uk it's now bt sport box office um but it was sky box office back then and they still do it now um because not everyone has the pay-per-view. Some people, now they're just like, oh, we don't have the network. We're not going to pay it every month. So what we're going to do is, instead of paying nine ninety nine a month, mm. um, and which works out at about 120 quid mm. a year, mm. we're just going to give you, you know, 20-odd mm. quid to watch yeah. the pay-per-view well, that we want to watch, and, uh, you know. And I totally get that. But case in point, you shove WrestleMania on there. You've taken WrestleMania's value from $70, which is what it was at some point in the States, to nothing. It hasn't got a value. And that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. You know? The- I, think it, I think it's making it an attractive... It, it's an attractive prospect uh, to keep people invested, to keep eyes on your product, especially when it was suffering. And mm. um, I do think that maybe in another year or two time when... Um, we get to well and truly under Triple H's stewardship because we know the numbers are going up um, and things are improving. In a couple of years' time, WWE might be in its best place it's been, you know, in over 20 years. And if that's the case and they are, you know, hitting home runs by bringing you quality TV programming every week and the um, pay-per-views are top-notch, there's nothing stopping WWE from saying, okay, actually, we're no longer going to put... Um, our pay-per-views live on the network or on Peacock. So what we're going to do is uh, maybe take like an impact approach, which is uh, if you've got the network, you can get the pay-per-view in full, but maybe 30 days after it was aired live. But if you want to watch it live, you're going to have to pay uh, to to get it on a box office or something like that and maybe do it that way. Who knows? Um, You know, they've obviously got their reasons. But I, I still think that with the amount of wrestling that's available to us fans anyway, worldwide, uh, with different different promotions, sometimes it can be a little bit overkill. And I just think, you know, all right, maybe three pay-per-views a year for AEW might not be enough, but they could do one every four months, uh, you know, every um, three, four months to a pay-per-view. But I'd be quite happy if they just did one every two months. You know, that, yeah. that would be good enough for me. The thing is, again, it always comes down to you've got so much talent that you want to give TV time. Um, you know, I'd be quite happy if, um, for example, each pay-per-view had different people feature on it. So we didn't have the bloodline on every pay-per-view. We didn't have the same faces on every pay-per-view. It was, you know... Um, one month it was this bunch of talent, the next month it's this bunch of talent, and then the following month you go back to the other talent again and things like that. Give more people an opportunity to perform and have TV time, and that way you can build and work out and expose more storylines. Um, and it also gives more people an opportunity. I suppose but the argument... I don't know, you know? <laughs> well, I suppose that argument is there for All Elite as well. Maybe if they increased their pay-per-view catalogue, they could do more. But we're going to have to find out. Right. Interesting debate, I think, there. 
in terms of uh, what happened. We're going to move into our final segment, but I think it's time we give something away. Oh, yes. Uh, as you may remember, we asked people to contact us with their dream five-on-five War Games matches, and uh, you've done that. And Andy, can you tell us uh, what our winning one was? So the winning one that gets the... War Games! From Mr. William Regal was from Mikey, who said my ultimate War Games would be Team Legend versus Team Modern. So Team Legend would be okay. Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, Woo, the Nature Boy, and the man they call Sting. Team Modern would be MJF, Josh Alexander, Jay White, Bron Breaker, and Darby Allen. So talk about a cross of all of the latest promotions there. Darby Allen versus Sting. That's uh that 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 jumps off the page for me, but he's he's mentioned Switchblade Jay White, and as we know, he's my favourite wrestler in the world uh, at the moment, Jay White. Um, so yeah, well done, Mikey. You and have won a stinky for main event wrestling manager. We will get in contact with you uh, over the next day or two to uh, give you your stinky and wish you congratulations. Yeah, and it's a battle of the world champions as well. If you think about it. All of them on Team Legends yeah. have been World Heavyweight Champions. All of them on Team Modern, bar Darby Allen, are world or have been or are world champions. I'm just um, playing in my mind right now uh, the War Games match, seeing MJF, because uh, the rest of his team are down at the moment. And just with him <laughs> left in the, like, in the centre of the ring with Flair and Austin, where he sort of like turns to... Uh, Austin and Austin's like ready to pounce on him and then turns to Flair and then Flair starts chopping him with uh, followed by a bunch of woos into the corner and then moves away and then Austin stumps the mud hole, mud hole in him all the way down so he's seated in the in the turnbuckle. I'm just oh I'm fantasy booking in my head here. That's a brilliant shout, Mikey. I'll give, I'll give you that. Then he walks out of the corner into a pedigree by Triple H and a rock bottom by the rock. <laughs> That's it. But MJF still doesn't take the losing fall because <laughs> he's why. Because he's MJF. That'll be Darby Allen getting. (laughs) That's Darby Allen getting pinned by Sting. Potentially, Uh, but MJF is not taking the pinfall because he's better than you, and you know it. Mother effer. Right. Um, Yeah. So um, yeah, but next week's episode, we will give let you know how you can be the winner of another Steam key code for main event wrestling manager. Again, a big thanks. Uh, to James at Main Event Wrestling Manager. We cannot wait for the game to launch in the new year. Um, it's exciting. So, uh, yeah, So, but well done, Mikey. Okay, now we're going to go to our last break of the evening. When we come back, it's Top Picks Plus. A little bit of an announcement. We'll be back after this. presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Today, we salute you, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. While lesser designers would shy away from putting 300-pound men in spandex, you embrace it. Yes, you do. Pushing fashion to its limits, literally, you pair tights with a cape. 
A leotard with a mask. Leather boots with a thong. All understated ways of saying, I'm going to rip your head off and look fabulous doing it. So crack open an ice cold Bud Light, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Guy. Because without you, a man crushing another man's head in his arms would just look silly. Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Design. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. With the last bit, this is top picks. Um, I hope you like that. This is where I get up to leave and leave you in the casual hands of Andy to see out the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because not only I've just realized actually that the lyrics of that MJF theme song are I'm better than you, but the first thing we're covering oh, in we the um, in, in top picks is the prediction league from the Survivor series where I'm better than you. Um, so Survivor Series two weeks ago, War Games. First time we've done the Prediction League. And what I'm going to say is we're keeping the Prediction League rolling uh, tonight. I've got two pay-per-views to cover. Um, and uh, yeah, at the end of next year, we're going to do who's won the overall Prediction League. Me? For the benefit of the listeners. Or you. Because obviously, as you know, Andy and I can see each other. Andy's got the biggest <laughs> smug grin on his face that honestly just... You're, you're lucky Kieran Cross isn't here. He'll be leveling you out with his cane right. Do you know what? We <laughs> might we might actually put this clip up on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, right? So oh. everybody can see it. Because back in the day when I did the, the Total Wrestling Show, I came last in the predictions. I won it one year, I think, because most other people were sick. Um, but I came last. So the fact that I got four predictions correct out of five was a good going and you got how many oh oh two yeah but in my defense and it is recorded it is actually out there i did actually go say on some of them i was going against the grain on some of them that what most people but, were predicted what so that was that was, your... that was a mistake on my part I, I i put my hand up but you know, and I did actually say I, I did agree with you on some of them, but I'm just going against the grain on, on some of them. So, you know, but I'll take it. It's, it's fine. You know, just enjoy it while it lasts, Andy. Oh, I'm you going know. to. I'm going to. Don't worry. It'll be the only time for the next year that I actually win the Prediction League. So, you know, don't, don't just, just, you know, enjoy this moment of uh, me gloating in my glory. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to do it again. I'm just going to do it again because it's so cool. I got it right. And Stefan, you got it wrong. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> In fact, what you could say is... You just, you made, just the made the list! Anyway, yes. uh, moving on to top picks. Stefan's getting really annoyed now. Uh, last night, <laughs> Last night on Monday Night Raw, <laughs> Monday Night on Raw, we saw... What was an interesting concept? I haven't seen them do this for quite a while. Two triple threats to determine the two number one contenders to face off against a chance to win a match against Bianca Belair. That was a really long way of saying a number one contenders match. Anyway, um, triple threat one, Bailey, Oscar, Real Ripley. Triple threat two, Alexa, Becky and Nikki Cross. Um, 
Two classic matches with two finishes that I didn't expect. Mm. Yeah. And I'll tell you the reason yeah. why. Because we, we had that killer promo at the beginning of the Bailey Oscar Rhea Ripley between Baylor and Baylor, Bailey and Becky Lynch. Now, to me, that automatically set up the match for next week. Bailey versus Becky Lynch. But that didn't happen. Bliss went over. And you know what's going to happen. Well, she's referenced it. She's referenced it already. She did a promo on WWE.com where um, she said that she's getting more aggressive and this character is coming out. Obviously, that's all linked to Bray Wyatt. So are we seeing Bliss going over Bailey next week on Raw? Not necessarily. Uh, I, I think... Uh, whether she wins or loses will have something to do with what's going on. I really enjoyed the segment. I think it was last week where um, she was being interviewed alongside um, Oscar and um, Bianca Belair. And we had the flash of the white symbol on the TV screen behind. And then she just sort of like went quiet as though she was away with the fairies. I really enjoyed that whole thing where, uh, you know, the, the interviewer said to her, she's like, Alexa, you, you okay? She's like, oh, yes, great. Yeah, yeah, brilliant like that. I love the fact that we, we're seeing these little things like it's gradually taking a hold of Alexa and it's gradually over time, if you've looked at all the segments, it's, it's very, very gradually sort of affecting her. So I don't actually know. I can't call who I think is going to win the match uh, between Bailey and Alexa Bliss, but I do think that whether Alexa wins or loses... I think it may have something to do with what's going on See, out I, there. I, I wonder if Alexa will win, but lose to... And I've just said... <laughs> if anybody can hear that, I've just set off my Amazon device by saying that word. So can we please just use the words bliss going forward? I yeah. think I think bliss will win, and then maybe a heel turn will come against... Bianca, whenever that title match is, yes. that's when she'll well, lose. That she won't. She won't. Rumble. She won't win the match. She won't become the champion. Mm. But I reckon that's when the heel turn will happen, um, because they made reference to it as well. Bianca in in the promo before the main event said, "Bliss and I have got a lot closer together. We we trust each other now." You're setting it up right. And do you really want to see Bailey versus Bianca, four hundred and fifty five? No, of course we don't. Um, so, this is another reason why I'm kind of glad Becky didn't win that triple threat match, the main event one, um, because I actually think majority of people would have expected her, the fact that she's come back, and we know the history between her and Bailey. That that's the direction that they were going to go with. So I'm I'm glad um, Alexa won. To be fair, I'm actually glad we didn't do a predictions for this because I would have probably have lost again because I actually had Rhea down as winning okay. that match because, yeah, I actually had Rhea down as winning the first triple threat and then uh, Becky winning the, the, the main event on the second one. Um, but, yeah, I think you are right. Um, I do think that it's setting up for a heel turn, whether it will be before the rumble. It all depends on when the title match <clears> takes place. Um I, I, I can't imagine they're the not going to do the title. Yeah, I can't imagine they're going to do the title match before the Rumble. It, it's too... I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we could end up with Bailey versus Bianca at the Rumble and Bliss. Say, for example, um, there's a run out where Damage Control go to the ring and they're, you know, going to go for Becky. And then we see Oscar and Alexa come running out to make the save to equal it up a bit. And then Alexa turns on uh, uh, Becky um, there. But it would make more sense. Sorry, not on Becky, on um, Bianca. Um, there and then and cost her the title at the Rumble. Um, I do actually think that is a possibility. But we're definitely in the ballpark. Um, this mm. is setting up, I think, for Alexa to finally come full circle and, yeah. and have this yeah. moment where yeah. where she, she flips and turns. Yeah. A couple more things to talk about on Raw and then we'll, we'll move on to uh, to NXT. We, we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about how brutal Solo Sokoa looks i mean they have done such a good job in building him up as the enforcer from nxt that job he did the assault on matt riddle at the end of the title match uh between the usos riddle and ko was incredible to watch i mean it was it was fantastic you were hooked and the the nice little nods back to umaga as well with the with the thumb yeah yeah oh the the one spike yeah yeah um I, I can't help but notice, and, and this isn't just me. I, I obviously I know this has been noticed by fans as well. How distant Solo Sikoa is from the rest of the bloodline when it comes to um, celebrating, getting involved, speaking. You know, for example, when they they put their finger up and point to the sky like we're, we're the ones and all that. He doesn't tend to do that. He doesn't wear uh, an, uh, any bloodline t-shirt or anything like I can't help but think there's a reason for this I can't help but think that there's something brewing that we're gonna at some point see I I wonder Um, if you're reading too much into it I think it's just the fact that he's the big enforcer he's not the fun loving guy like the Usos and the bloodline it's he is the he's he's the powerhouse you know he is what will be interesting what will be interesting is it the Royal Rumble if Sokoa eliminates either the Usos or Sami Zayn. That will be the talent yeah. part. That will be the interesting bit. Yeah, it's just saying I, that, that I've also picked up as, as many others have. I, I just can't, you know, when you just get this gut feeling that there might be something subtly there. Um, yeah, it might be. I could be, as you said, reading too much into it. But I just think there's because in the end of the day, WWE are all about selling merch, and you know if they can get a T-shirt on a body to sell it, they would do. Um, I just think there's something a little bit more there. I don't know. I, well, I really don't know. We'll keep we'll an see, eye on that we'll situation. That What's yeah, your thoughts? Or what are your thoughts on the whole Miz storyline now? Because they seem to be oh. doing the Baron Corbin storyline, but for the Miz. Is what I took away from that. Yeah. I mean, I find it hilarious because of how arrogant the Miz is to be told that his Rolex is fake when he's obviously believed it to be great. The Miz is great. Like, let's let's not, you know, I know he has people that that really don't like the Miz. To be fair, I think the Miz, uh, above many people, has really paid his due. He's the guy that's been a former WWE champion twice, even though the second one was very short. It was only a week. Um this is a guy who's literally done pretty much the majority of everything there is. He's been pushed as a main event star. He's kept um, the Intercontinental title relevant when he's held it um, as much as WWE tried to bury it. 
Um, he's done some really silly stuff, but he's never seemed to complain. He's, he's always like the epitome of, you know, I've been a wrestling fan. I've got the opportunity to be here and live my dream. I'll do whatever it takes. I'm a team player. I'm, a, I'm very much a company guy. Um, whenever you want to put me on TV, no matter how stupid it might be or how serious it might be, mm. I'm down with that. I'm happy with that. And, and I love that. Uh, that attitude. The Miz is the sort of guy I think you can rely on to almost do anything you want, you require from him. I think he will just get on and do it and he will give you 100%. Um, I don't like the idea of rehashing this Corbin storyline, but again, I don't mind these things because it's professional wrestling, it's sports entertainment, storylines get rehashed all the time. Um, it's where they go with it. That is the key element for me is where they go. What is the, the, the yeah. projection? What is the end game for this? Um, I do like to see the Miz being taken down a peg or two. I am so thankful that this whole thing with Dexter Loomis and him is finally done. I think we all are. I think we oh, all are. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, and I'm glad that they didn't bury Dexter um, and he got his contract and I'm interested to see what they do with him. But yeah, I I I, I love the Miz. Um, as I said, I, I you know I, I think he's I think he's great. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see where they go with it. Well, what is going to be interesting is this Saturday night as NXT present Deadline from the Performance Center. I, I wonder why I do that. I go into radio mode. This Saturday night on NXT Deadline, the pay-per-view from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida, uh, announced by Shawn Michaels just a few weeks ago, the match will be highlighted by the Men's Iron Survivor and the Women's Iron Survivor matches, and of course the NXT Championship and the Tag Team Championships. Now, last night on NXT um, programming, it was announced that one extra match is happening, and that is Isla Dawn versus Albert Thayer. That has now been confirmed. So let's get to it. This is the prediction league for Deadline. Isla Dawn, Albert Thayer. What are your thoughts? Uh, that, I think, uh, funnily enough, I'm actually going to go with Isla Dawn. I'm not going to do what you did last time. I'm going to do the same. Isla Dawn. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you can go anywhere else, can you? I think you have to go Island. With what she's done, I don't think I think it would be harmful if she was to lose straight up the first match with Albert. Saying yeah. that though, we know WWE are not scared to do that. We've seen that with some I know they're not. with some main yeah, roster stars. I, I um, and what I do know, you do but with? Think, yeah. but, but what do you do with Albert Fire then? Um, I think it, it will literally it'll be this this this. This program of Isla Dawn. Um, see, the thing is, it's who is lined up to be the next NXT Women's Champion. That's the thing. I mean, I thought it would have been Alba Fire, but I think that they're just teasing it for a little while. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I think um, the 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 winner of the Women's Iron Survivor match will be the next NXT Women's Champion, and I think Alba will probably be next in mm. line after them that's that's what i'm thinking okay well let's let's move to the women's survivor then uh the women's iron survivor match because it's zoe stark i will spell it correctly next week on the show plan for those who don't know it doesn't get spelt with an x um versus cora jade versus roxanne perez versus kiana james versus indy hartwell 
Indy qualified last night in a triple threat, defeating Wendy Chu and Fallon Henry. We also saw the reunion at a live event between Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell. So where are you going with this one? Because I, I'm torn. I've got two potentials that I think will win it. So have I. Um, I, I for me, it's not going to be Joey Stark. Uh, Joey, Joey Star is <laughs> not going to be the. Asshole. He's not going to win. I, I don't. I don't think. Um, I actually wouldn't be surprised if your uh, um, your your beloved um, Nikita Lyons doesn't get involved and actually uh, be the reason why Joey Stark doesn't win. Um, I'm actually quite surprised she's not. I know she got attacked, but we'll, we'll see. Um, the two I, I'm thinking are either Cora Jade or, Rox, or Roxanne Perez. Um, I, I I have to admit I'm a fan of Kiana James. I, I like I, Kiana I really James. like yeah. Kiana James. I just don't think she's ready. Indy is getting better, but I still don't think she's there just yet. I, I think. Um, and but we've spoken in the past about how good Cora and Roxanne are. Yeah, so I, I think, think it's going to be one of them. So I'm going to pick one of them. I'm going to go Roxanne Perez. Okay, Roxanne Perez. I think Indy Hartwell is missing Candice LeRae. And Johnny Gargano, yes. she's missing that support. I'm, I'm an index guy. I miss index. <laughs> He's on Raw. Um, I know, but I, 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 I missed it. <laughs> I. Uh, I'm really struggling with this because I. Oh, thanks. I'm really struggling with this because I would have gone either Cora Jade or Roxanne Perez originally in my head. <laughs> Logically thinking, it's not going to be a heel who wins the Iron Survivor. Yeah? I don't know. They're not going to do heel versus heel. They're not going to do Zoe Stark versus uh, Mandy Rose or Cora Jade. Or Cora Jade versus Mandy Rose. I wonder if it would be someone like Kiana James. Mm, But she's technically a heel, though, isn't she? She's a tweener, though, isn't she? I think... Well, so Indy Hartwell has been kind of in between uh, lately as well. Is, I think the only solid face there is Roxanne. Is there any? Is there anything as a face and a heel anymore? Maybe that's the debate yeah. this week. Oh yeah, there is. But I'm gonna. Um, uh, do you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm go gonna on. go with Cora Jade. Go Cora. Okay. You I'm gonna go the my, opposite my to you. Yeah. I'm going to go the opposite okay. to you. Now, the next okay. one is the Men's Iron Survivor match. In fact, let's come back to that one in a minute. Let's go to the NXT Tag Team titles. Last oh, night... I am so, so looking forward to this match. And, you know, obviously, people know that, obviously, I, I know that in real life, especially um, Kit Wilson, uh, Sam, Sam, Sammy Gray, who was Sammy Smooth over here, uh, uh, worked with him many times in UKPW and whatnot. I, I and I, I love, I love Pretty Deadly anyway. I just love the whole gimmick. I love how they've really, really made it their own. How brilliant they are! Yes, boy. I have to say, I am going with them retaining the titles. Um, I can understand why New Day may be going for the tag because let's face it, they would become. Um, triple crown winners that they would have won every tag title in the possible in WWE um, that's the only thing that kind of makes me go oh it's a possibility but I'm, I'm going with my boys so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be overall in here and go pretty deadly I'm going to be brutally honest with you I'd written pretty deadly before you even had the show plan yes boy yes, I knew you were going to go with pretty it was the most obvious choice for you 
I agree with yes, you. Well. I think that the New Day coming in, getting a title shot, and walking away with the titles on Saturday, it's maybe too quick, right? It doesn't do Pretty Deadly any justice. So I'm going with Pretty Deadly. I think their mic work has been fantastic. They are a good old-fashioned heel tag team. Um, and I think it'll be a good match. The New Day will give Pretty Deadly the rub. They need the rub. They need the win over an established, let's face it, Hall of Fame-bound team. That's what they need. They need split. Huh? They need split. The New Day? New Day split. New Day needs split. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They're stale. It's way long, rung its course. I mean, unfortunately, obviously, it was a shame Biggie with his neck injury, but they kind of moved him out of New Day gave him his own entrance scene, gave him a little bit more of his own identity. And it was a case of he would hang with the boys now and again. And I was all for that. I just think both men individually are so good in the ring that they still have a lot to offer and they're not getting any younger. Okay. I, I would love to see them both go into singles competition. I can still see Woods turning on Kofi at some point. I, I, I've, I've said this, I've actually said this for the past five years <laughs> I'm waiting for Woods to turn. <laughs> it may happen at the Royal Rumble. Everything may happen this week at deadline. Who knows? Uh, so we're both going for pretty deadly. Now let's go back to the men's Iron Survivor match. So Axiom versus Grayson Waller versus Joe Gacy versus Carmelo, Carmelo Hayes versus JD McDonough. This is a tip. This is a difficult one to call. Um, because both JD McDonough and Joe Gacy have got history with Bron Breaker. Grayson Waller has got history, and I think I believe Carmelo Hayes, I'm not sure, with Apollo Cruz. So it, it's Axiom's the only wild card in there. It's a really difficult one to go. Grayson Waller, I think, is a great performer. Um Joe Gacy, I'm loving him as being part of the uh, of the cult stable that that he does. Um, and J.D. McDonough, what is there not to like about J.D. McDonough? The guy's a, a literal lethal machine. However, I'm going Grayson Waller. I think this all does depend who wins the NXT title between Bron and Apollo Crews. Yeah. But I'm well, going we'll get Grayson to that Waller. In a, in a moment. Uh, see, Axiom is the only person there that I read that, I, that, I, that jumps out to me as not winning the match. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, no, no, no disrespect to Axiom. I think he's fantastic in the ring, um, but not. Uh, I just don't see it. Um, you, you can vouch. This is this is why I agree with you. This is the toughest one to call because you can vouch for the other four names. Um, Grayson Waller, no doubt, NXT are pushing him to be a star. Uh, um, that that's without a doubt. So I can see, I can see why him I can see why Joe Gacy would win because uh, they're pushing schism um, they're trying to obviously get that and what way to be more of a threat or make more of a statement than putting the title on him yeah um, so there is that Carmelo Hayes goes without saying JD McDonough sorry JD McDonough um, he's getting a major push and becoming a major player in NXT as well I'm going to I'm just going to literally um, while, while you've done that, I've just written down the four names. And you're going to randomly stab uh, one in the dark. I'm going to randomly select this one. So this is just down to the, the luck for me because I genuinely can't call this. So um, that's what I've done. So I put them in my me, me, me bag here. 
and I'm going to pull out a name. Hang on, we're going to make you full screen because we're going to we're going to put this on the YouTube. This is Stefan's oh, um, no. Stefan drawing <laughs> the loser of the Iron Survivor match. Do not pick out Grayson Waller okay. in that case. <laughs> I, I haven't. But I'm using using uh, I'm using D and D dice here because I've written a number uh, a dice down uh, to represent one of the four. So. Oh, and good radio got... this. Good radio. Oh. Okay, so I've pulled this one out and this is my... Oh. This is my D8. Okay. It is Joe Gacy. That's a good... It is a good shout. It's yeah, a good option. Gacy. You've got to be happy with that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the, all, all four of the remaining guys, bar Axiom, I could understand why. Yeah. Uh, they, why, why they would, ha- uh, why they would go over in this match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, got it's just Joe Gacy. So, um, yeah. So that's, right. that's that's who I've randomly got. Let's go to the main event: NXT Championship, Apollo Cruz versus Bron Breaker. An interesting segment on NXT this past week with them fishing. Um, trying to sound each other out, learn about each other's strategy going into deadline. I thought it was a great way of doing that, that old-fashioned face-off promo with them both being faces. It was a a, a good yeah. way of doing it. For me, I don't know with this one, and I'll tell you the reason why. Bron Breaker is, is ready for the main roster. He's It's also ready for him to drop the belt. Um... And to give it to somebody else. I think he's done all he can with the title. I think it's one of those things where you've kind of read, reached the echelon of, of where you're going to go. He's grabbed the brass ring and he's now halfway out the building. Um, Apollo Crews, without a doubt, has had the best run of his WWE career since going back down to NXT. And getting rid of the Nigerian Prince. The best run, without a doubt. Do I think he could take the title off him? Yes. Would I want to see... Apollo Crews versus Joe Gacy. No. Um, JD McDonough, we've seen it. Good match. Grayson Waller, we've seen it. Good match. Carmelo Hayes, we've seen it. Good match. Um, I don't know. Apollo Crews. I think you've just got to do that. Apollo Um, Crews. Yeah. um, I'm I'm with you. It's not, again, it's not another one. Easy one to call. I could see Breaker dropping the title and then debuting on the main roster by being an entrant in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, I could see that, and then him being on Raw or SmackDown following that. Um, there's part of me that actually can see uh, Commander Aziz, that character Aziz, actually coming back and helping Apollo win the title when Apollo actually turns heel. I hope not. He doesn't work as a heel, I don't think. No, I don't think he does either, but I'm just throwing so, it out there as a potential scenario. Is is a question um, for you. Is a, is a question for you before you do your prediction. The winner of the Iron Survivor, do they get a match at a later yeah. date or can they call the shot like Money in the Bank? I don't know. I don't think I don't think they can call it straight straight away. So here's a scenario. Let's say they if they can, let's say you know, Joe Gacy wins it, right? Yeah. Bron Breaker retains over Apollo Crews in a tough match. They come in, they challenge them for that point, and then you get a title switch. 
a bit like a money in the bank cash in. I don't know if they'll do that because yeah, there's too much I mean, money in the bank. If the women's, if the women's, if the women's, if there was a women's championship match um, scheduled, then I might have understood. Uh, I might have actually said, yeah, maybe they can cash in, but I don't think they can. Yeah, it's an interesting um, one. So, so, I mean, for me, I mean, the thing is, it's like, if we go back to the women's one, the reason why I think Perez, why I, one of the why I just edged Perez over Cora Jade was because although Perez had her opportunity, she was cheated out of it, out of yeah. out of it. So, yeah. I think she's due that opportunity again. Um, do you know what I, I'm? I'm Oh, this is a tough one. Gonna have to push you for a decision. I know, I know. I'm just thinking maybe Bron drops it nearer the Rumble. Yeah, but to who? To the winner of the Iron Survivor, or I mean, do they? Will it, well, or yeah. do they? Do, or do they do the NXT title match at the Royal Rumble? Who knows? So you're saying Apollo Crews, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you. I'm going to go Apollo Crews. You're going to go Apollo Crews as well? Yeah, because like you said, there is the factor of the Iron Survivor match isn't there. And and to be fair, I actually think all those guys in that Iron Survivor will probably be better off, um, will probably be, have a better match wrestling someone like Apollo Crews than Bron Breaker. Possibly. I mean, don't get me wrong. uh, Bron Breaker has done an amazing job as the NXT champion, but I think his time has come. He's outgrown it. That's the thing. He's outgrown it. Yeah. Right, let's let's skip forward to the other pay-per-view that's taking place on Saturday, which is Ring of Honor Final Battle, um, and quickly yeah. talk about AEW Dynamite uh, that took place last Wednesday. It kicked off with what was, I think, a match of the year candidate between the American Dragon Brian Danielson and Dax Harwood from FTR. I mean, you let those two go, you get a cracker of a match, don't you? It's what I said to you. This is why I said about when I referenced um, what I think we was talking on last show, when we was talking about Finn Balor versus AJ Styles at the Survivor Series. And I referenced the WrestleMania main event between Shinsuke and AJ a few years back and how poor it was considering how, was in it? what great they've had, you know, in Japan and, and that. This is why I think sometimes you've got to trust certain wrestlers to just go out there and do their thing. Yeah. You know, just say, go out there. I want a top quality match and let them do it. They know what they're doing. They're the masters of their own craft. And when you've got brilliant in-ring workers like Brian Danielson and Dax Har- Harwood, you know, you you can get a top star match. And that is what we got. And I and that's, you know, and I think it paid off. Yeah, absolutely. I really do. I think D- Dynamite was a bit of an up and down show this past week it was a weird yeah. show um great opener and a great main event the trio's best of seven between the death triangle and the elite where we're now 2-1 yeah, yeah. um to yeah, it was the same draw I thought raw was a very up and down show yeah, i mean it, I, it was interesting it's i think we, we, we got some kind of a theme emerging this week with all uh, wrestling tv show uh, I think, actual tv shows i think top picks is going to be interesting uh let's mm. let's move to ring of honor final battle then so at the moment, and I stress at the moment, we have five matches announced on the card. That could change tonight. I expect it will change tonight on Dynamite. It could all change as well on Rampage. Um, but let's kick off with a tag match. It's Swerve in Our Glory versus Shane Taylor and JD Griffin. 
I'll be honest with you, I've got no interest in this match at all. Absolutely none. Um, it, it's there just because it's there. So I'm going to go with Swerve um, just because I don't think they'll give the win to Taylor and Griffin. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you on that one, definitely. Next up is the Ring of Honor Women's Championship, Mercedes Martinez versus Athena. Um, this is going to be hard hitting. And Athena's changed her style. She's gone very much um, strong style, very hard very hitting very brawling um which kind of fits into martinez's portfolio yeah so even keel on yeah. this one who do you pick in to walk out the women's champion to retain i'm going mercedes still yeah yeah i think martinez. it will be a hard hitting match um but i'm going mercedes to retain on this one i'm going to go with Athena. okay a, a to be slightly different and B to, which I said I was never going to do, but B because I think that Martinez you don't see, do you? You haven't seen Martinez. She's been injured. She's come back. Athena's been putting it in on, on Raw on Raw and SmackDown, on Rampage and Dynamite. I think she's got a good shot. I think she deserves a, a, a shot with a belt. I think she'll get it. Yeah, <laughs> You're thinking now. You're thinking now. ROH World Television Championship. This one is not going to be straightforward. Samoa Joe defends against Juice Robinson, the newly signed Juice Robinson from New Japan to All Elite. You've got to think here, Wardlow. Yeah. You've got to think Wardlow. Yeah. Is he going to cost Samoa Joe? Is it going to go to Juice Robinson, which then sets up a TNT title match between Wardlow and and Samoa Joe or is Joe going to decimate Robinson or is it going to be a DQ I can't see them bringing someone like Juice Robinson in um, mm. the whole there has to be an the, outside factor the glory of, of Juice Robinson signing the big announcement about it and he jobs out on his first night on pay-per-view Yeah, you can't do this. Okay. You need to okay. know your predictions okay. before you come in. I'm going huh? juice. Yeah, I'm you're going juice. You're going to go juice. But this is, this is what we want when when we see matches coming up where, which are difficult to call. That's what I like, the unpredictability, when there's so many potential factors and outcomes. That's what I love about it. Yeah, and that, and you're definitely getting it off these next, off the two pay-per-views that we've got coming up on Saturday night. Just for the record, That's I've gone funny. with Samoa Joe. Right, okay. I think there'll be an interference, um, but I'm I'm not sure which way it'll go. So I think it'll be Samoa Joe. The match that I think could potentially steal the show is next: the Pure Championship, Daniel Garcia from the JAS versus Wheeler Yuta from the BCC. I again, this could go either way. This could be a title switch to Wheeler Yuta. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm Daniel Garcia. Um, I, I I think Garcia has just been on fire recently. And one of the, I think there might be. I mean, again, I could read too much into it, but I will explain why I think Garcia will retain. Go on then. I think because when, and I'm going to give you my prediction now anyway, um, because I think that Jericho is going to lose the world championship to uh, Claudio Castagnoli, and I think Jericho is going to get bitter the fact that Garcia retained his title so he's going to be the one holding the title in the Jericho uh, 
appreciation society and I think that might actually still lead to Garcia and Jericho falling out okay interesting because I've gone with Jericho to retain yeah uh, yeah, I think Claudio should have the title back I think he should have the title back I'm not sure if Ring of Honor is ready to have Claudio back as the as the world champion because we still don't know what they're doing I'm, I'm hoping for some news tonight on that on the TV front for them now Ian Riccoboni did a virtual signing with KNS WrestleFest and he said regarding Jericho's title reign that he's done more for the Ring of Honor brand in the last 10 years, 20 years maybe than almost anybody. He's got the belt on TV every week, defends it faster, more times than anybody. He's a great champion to be perfectly honest. At this point, I think the Octo doesn't, the Oco doesn't really care about titles. I think he's doing it to help Khan get ring of honor on the map and as much as i was against yeah. him being the ring of honor champion i actually enjoy it i think he's done a really 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 good job okay yeah so yeah deadline predicted final battle predicted the survivor series winners announced the survivor series winning host announced um am i gonna be smug this time next week when we do the show i really don't think so um but we'll find I, I out think, i think you might go i think you might actually to be fair um i don't know i've just been really off with predictions lately even when i've not been doing this uh when i've you know watched uh raw or smackdown or dynamite i've, I've gone oh well, oh they're gonna win the match and it's not happened so i'm a little bit off but we'll see we'll see well, well you got to think this time we're very similar on a lot of them you know if you look at nxt deadline three of the five we've predicted the same if you look at final battle um one we've predicted the same <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's gonna be different let's see how this is impacted top picks for this week as we begin to wrap up the show so what's been your top match across all of Danielson Harwood Danielson Harwood Danielson Harwood yeah Danielson Harwood in terms of match it's got to be okay I'm actually going to go to this actually I'm going to go Dynamite as well I'm going to go to the Elite versus uh, the Death Triangle love it or hate it I think that the affectionate nods to one CM Punk uh, were very hilariously done by one Kenny Omega. Mm. Uh, I just think it was good to see them finally get a win on Dynamite and to see the Elite kind of get something. I'm intrigued to see where it goes. They're going to win the next one. It has to happen. And then it's going to get interesting. So mine is the Death, death Triangle versus the uh, the Elite. What about the top angle for any company or any promotion? Or Ah, top angle... I am going to go, I'm going to go with the uh, Alexa Bliss thing because it's, we're, we're starting, I think the the end is, the end is nigh. We're, 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 we're getting there now. And I, I just think she's playing it so well. I'm going with it. Will you stop picking my picks? <sighs> in that respect, <laughs> in that respect, I am going to go, um, what am I going to go with? I don't know what I'm going to go with. You can have the same, Andy. No, no, even if it's one, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the bloodline 
and the Matt Riddle situation from this past week on Raw. So the, okay. the, the bloodline, the Elias take out the Matt Riddle situation. I thought beautifully done. Top promo or vignette? MJF. Uh, MJF with Regal. And, and this is why Hands I down. couldn't agree with you on the last one because I'd have to agree with you on this one. We would be stupid to turn around and say anything else. The triple mm. B. The beautiful Burberry belt. Uh, this, it, clever. Very clever. So, top superstar. This is tricky. Top superstar. Oh. I am still going to go with Sami Zayn. Yeah, I can see that. I love the fact that when they cut the promo on Raw, um, Matt Riddle used used the Usi term and he said, I'm a professor of Usiness. You know, Sami Zayn. It was just tremendous. Yeah. He's loving the he's loving the yeah. run. You can tell it. I'm going to go with I'll, MJF. I'm I'm going to go with MJF. Okay. Top superstar. I know he didn't work. I know he didn't compete. But seeing yeah. him with the strap I'll has been that, seeing with yeah. the strap has been what we've been looking for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Top show or event. Uh. I mean, it's hard considering we've only really had Dynamite and Raw. I'm probably going to go and give it to Dynamite this week. Yeah, I think Dynamite, mainly for the Danielson, Harwood, the Miz, uh, the, Miz, the, the MTF promo in the main event has to be. Next oh, week yeah. is going to be yeah. interesting with two pay-per-views and the entire week's TV. That's going to be interesting. Which then brings it to top promotion. Impact, WWE, NWA, New Japan, Stardom, Wrestle Kingdom, uh, WWE. Because, as we said, Dynamite was gets the show of the week. I have to give it away, EW. Interesting how that works, isn't it? Hmm. I just like I said, I only on on WWE. The only thing I really enjoyed um, this week so far, and like I said, we've only had Raw and NXT. I only enjoyed the Alexa Bliss thing, um, the uh, bit with Solo Sokoa, yeah. Sami Zayn, the blood yeah. thing that, and um, again, like I said, Alexa Bliss being the shot winner of the main event uh, when everyone thought it was going to probably be Be-Be- Becky Lynch. So. Um, and I also am still really enjoying this new direction they're going with Austin Theory as well. I have to say, hmm. I'm loving this new, this 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 other this, side. To it. I'm enjoying all of, all of that. Even the look, I, I really love the, am, so. yeah. I love the fact that he's dropped the um, the whole Instagram thing to the ring. He looks so he looks so serious now. He's not backing down. I mean, the, what the promo thing he did with Rollins last week, where he was face to face with Rollins, and he, and he was like, "You know, don't call me kid." And the fact that mm. Rollins was, you know, trying to wind him up, and he wasn't having any of it. Mm. I just love that. I love the direction uh, that they're going with him. So yeah, but this week, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, AEW. I'm going to go with the NWA. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Nah. I'm not. I'm going to go with AEW. Uh, Right, that's it for this week. That's the squared circle for this week. But we did promise you a little announcement. Um, So this this past week, we were um, invited 
to sit down with a TNA impact wrestling. It's not TNA. What is wrong with me today? With an excuse me, I know it's because it's you know we we always knew it's TNA, didn't we? Yeah, with with an impact wrestling knockout. She is a former NXT superstar uh, and also a AAA superstar. Stefan had the pleasure of sitting down with this lady. So it's over to Stefan to announce who is joining us next week on TSC. Yes, it was my pleasure and a privilege to sit down with none other than one co-holder of the Knockouts Tag Team Champions, a former Impact Women's uh, Knockouts Champion, Taya Valkyrie. It was... uh, it was actually a wonderful opportunity to speak to her. Um, we uh, got, I got to speak to her about, ask her simple questions about what she feels separates uh, the knockouts division from other women's divisions in world wrestling and many, many more, which you will hear exclusively on the Squared Circle podcast. Now, the way it will work is next week, we will play you a little clip of the interview and it will be released later in the week. But our thanks go to Impact Wrestling UK and Impact Wrestling for arranging our chat with Taya Valkyrie. Uh, Stefan's done a great job, so I'm looking forward to listening to it and editing it uh, later this week. Also, next week, we will be giving you all of the fallout from uh, the two pay-per-views, from Deadline and from Final Battle. Uh, Has Stefan beat me in the Prediction League? I expect he has. Uh, Plus all the latest news and a debate topic, uh, which Stefan will tell me what that is later, and he will choose for next week's debate topic. Plus... Who am I might make an appearance? Oh, it will do. I've, I've been waiting for it, Andy. And uh, I, will, I have it all primed and ready for you. So uh, oh, uh, that, that uh, hopefully will be making a return. And hopefully after you decimated me in the predictions uh, this week, uh, from last week, and that I owe you. So we're going to see what happens there. And again, we will be announcing how you can win a Steam key for Main Event Wrestling Manager PC game that is upcoming. We will let you know um, how you can win that next week as well. So, uh, but Andy, it's been a pleasure again. It's been great. I know you've had a week from hell. Uh, We both technically have, but you've been more busier than I have with yours. Um, So, yeah, uh, it's great to be back at this um, and, and doing this. So it's great to have you back. Thank you. It's been good. It's been good. Um, One last thing before we leave. If you would like to get your very own... uh, A little bit of the bubbly! bubbly. Coverage deadline or final battle, then then WhatsApp us 077-243-12752 or tweet us at WrestlingTSC. And we will, of course, read your comments out on the show. And as always, we're always looking for your feedback. Remember, we love, this is our podcast. We love doing this, but we also, we're doing it for you. It is your podcast just as much as it is ours. So WhatsApp us, email us, Facebook us, Instagram. Just badger us as much as you like. Uh, More so me, because Andy's usually very busy. But let us know, give us your feedback. Anything you would like us to to try, anything you would like to see us uh, do on the show, uh, you know, positive, negative feedback, let us know. We want this to be the best for you. So there we go. Awesome. Now we're going to go out this week with theme of the week, which is, of course, we came in as a champion. We're going to go out as a champion. This time it's the NXT world champion, Bron Breaker. We will see you all 
next week. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, see you at the matches. Michael Cole from Friday Night Smackdown, and you're listening to The Square Circle.